0: Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, you'll hear from Matthew Savoy, number one pick in the WHL Bantam Draft on the Winnipeg Ice. Today, he agreed that, yeah, he's going to play for the Winnipeg Ice. You'll hear our conversation. Also, Pat Leach, longtime name in the Winnipeg slash Manitoba slash Canada speed skating scene, inducted into the Canadian Hall of Fame for speed skating this past weekend. We'll talk about that and her whole career. Plus, you'll learn about the Manitoba 55-plus games on the podcast. Matthew Savoy, 15 years old, has signed his standard player agreement to come to the WHL's Winnipeg Ice. And Matthew joins us now on the 680CGB Sports Show. How are you doing tonight, Matthew? I'm doing good, you? I'm doing well. So... How long did it take for you to make this decision to sign with the ice?
1: Obviously, it was a tough decision. Both are great options, but I just uh, it was a long process. Uh, just finding out which way I wanted to go, and in the end, I felt Winnipeg gave uh, the best opportunity to develop and uh, as a player and a person.
0: And we should mention that uh, the other option for you was the University of Denver, and you said a couple months ago that you would be going there with your brother, right? Okay, so this decision now did you take a visit to Winnipeg to make this decision?
1: uh, yeah, we did before the draft. We flew down there and uh we visited the facilities and we got to check out the school and we got to meet everyone the the g m Matt Cockle and then uh, a few other other people from the organization so that was great.
0: so what did you think of the facilities here?
1: I thought it was you know first class organization their their facilities are unreal they 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 got every everyone trying to work Work uh, together and make you the best player you can be, and they're all trying to make you successful.
0: Did that factor into your decision to come here?
1: Yeah, of course. Just coming down and seeing the brand new facility, it's it's unreal.
0: Now, your older brother has previously committed to Denver. Uh, will he be joining you in Winnipeg?
1: Uh, no, he 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 still plans on playing NCAA uh, next year. He's he's going to go back to the HHL and play for Sherwood Park, and then. We'll we'll see how it plays out from there, but he he's his plans are still to go to Denver.
0: Okay. Does what he does have any bearing on what you do?
1: Uh, we're pretty close, but we know that we both have different paths in, in our hockey careers. So, so we just kind of keep it separate from our from our being family
0: members. So, that's yeah. Okay. So take me back to just the exceptional status process because I think a lot of people aren't quite sure how that works.
1: Uh so I sent the, the letter in to apply for it uh December first last year and then uh going through a whole process of like scouting they they sent a psychologist to my house to you know monitor my uh like my house skills and see if I could leave a year early to uh to go build out another house for a year and then see the see the grind of the WHL being so many games so and then they released it uh, a few months ago. So that that that's pretty much all the process was.
0: Okay. Do they give you any kind of indication through the process if they're leaning one way or the other?
1: Uh, no, they they didn't they didn't uh, contact us much about which which way they were leaning. You know, they kind of kept it in the
0: dark, and then they just made the decision. Okay. So, being born January first, what can you do? You know what time of day you were born on January first,
1: two thousand and four? Yeah, actually it was. Uh, about 2 a.m., so just two two hours off of being a 2003 born. Does, does that bug you at all? Uh, no, everything happens for a reason, so that's what I believe. Luck of the draw, really?
0: Yep. So, yeah. So what happens now that you have signed with the ice?
1: Uh, I'm really excited for, for the years to come, and uh, I'm hoping to get down there in Winnipeg in August for the camp, and I'm really looking forward to that.
0: So you'll go back to play in Alberta this year then?
1: Uh that's that's all undetermined. We're not we're not sure which where we're going next year or what we're doing.
0: Right, because you are eligible to play for the ICE starting in the fall of twenty twenty, right? Full time. Uh, yeah yeah. Because you can play yeah. I think you can play a few games at the end of next year, but as an underager you only get, I think, five games, right? Yeah that's a question for the WHL. Okay. So, uh I guess wh- what does your summer look like then in terms of training?
1: Uh I've been skating partially with the skills coach Stephen Zip just to stay on the ice and stay stay you know involved with with hockey and then off ice I'm I'm training lots four times a week, 2 hours a day with Brad McNamara. Uh, just just local in Saint Albert, so so that's been great. We've been we've been doing good jobs here.
0: Have you met any of your future ice teammates yet? Uh, they
1: all gave me a text today, so that was, that was pretty nice. So I haven't. I I actually know a couple of them. Connor McLennan, he's from Alberta, and then I, I met Lambo's when I came down to visit Winnipeg.
0: Okay, so I guess my last question for you now is: Are you going to stick with the same number you're, you're playing with now, or are you going to maybe get a new one once you're with the ice? Uh,
1: we'll see what's available. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It's depends on what's, yeah, I guess it just depends on what's there.
0: Okay. So, uh, well when you were in Winnipeg, what was the, the biggest takeaway for you from not just the facility standpoint, but just the city as a whole?
1: I think it's a great, great atmosphere here. It's, everyone loves hockey and, uh, everyone's pushing you to to succeed as a person and a player. So I thought thought that was one of the bigger reasons.
0: All right, Matt. Well, congratulations on this. I'll let you go now, and uh, we'll see you down the road when you come back to Winnipeg. Thank you. Sounds good. Olympian Pat Leach was inducted into Speed Speed Skating Canada's Hall of Fame as a builder. The Winnipegger was honored for her work, long-term involvement, exceptional contributions to the development of speed skating as a coach, administrator, volunteer, and Pat joins me now on the CGOB Sports Show. First of all, Pat, congratulations I'm curious, when did you get your start in speed skating?
2: Uh, I started when I was 11 years old um, with the River Heights Speed Skating Club in Winnipeg. But I have to say, I would uh, we lived really close to the community center, and I would run across and watch all the practices because a few of my good friends were speed skaters until my parents finally decided that they better let this girl try it. They always thought the blades were too long and dangerous. Um, but, uh, so I was actually 11 when I officially, officially joined the club.
0: So you just pressured and pressured your parents until they finally gave in?
2: Yeah. So by the time I started, I felt like I already knew how to skate. (laughs) I watched it so many
0: times. A lot of scouting. (laughs) What was it like to first put the skates on then and get out there?
2: Well, it was fun. It was a really uh, big club. So there was lots of kids in the neighborhood belong to it. There was no ringette or anything for girls back then. So if you didn't, uh, if you wanted to skate, there was either figure skating or speed skating. So um, so it was a great neighbourhood club.
0: And I guess, yeah, hockey really wasn't an option either, then would it have been?
2: No, there was really no no girls hockey back then. And, and uh, Ring It just sort of started in when I was, a, I guess, an older teenager, maybe. It was just starting to come to Winnipeg. Okay. And then that took away, you know, some of the girls. But anyways, it was... Uh, it was a fun it was a fun sport and um, you know we were all all together on the ice training and racing each other
0: So when did so, it first get really competitive then?
2: I would say by the time we were um, maybe about 14 or 15 um, 15 was the year that I went to the Canada Games so you know we started dry training a little bit around the age of 13 14 and in preparation for the Canada games and then of course you had to skate in the trials for it and and then from the Canada games I qualified for the national team so at the age of 16 with a couple of other girls from Winnipeg um, started going overseas to train uh, about five months training compete for five months of the year because they had no indoor ovals in in Canada at the time.
0: Were you more long track or short track?
2: Definitely long track (laughs) I was not built to be a short tracker, (laughs) not agile enough.
0: In terms of the skill set, what's different between the two?
2: Uh, Well, it's a different style of skating. You have to be uh, really quick on your feet in short track. And as I say, very agile and nimble. Uh, They're they're a different type of skate. Uh, The short track skate has a higher boot and uh, an offset blade so that they can lean far into the corner. And uh, long track's blade is placed in the middle of the boot, and the boot isn't as high. Um, so, and it's just a different technique. It's a lot of crossovers in short track. And um, with long track, you've got the, you know, 100-meter long long uh, uh, straightaways. And uh, so you've got some time to recover between all the crossovers.
0: So short is agility, and long is more power.
2: Power, yeah, endurance. Yeah. Well, short track is endurance as well, but um just a different type of endurance
0: right, so you got to go to the Olympics in nineteen eighty. What was that
3: like?
2: That was amazing. It was uh sort of the the highest goal that I had set for myself and and so I was thrilled to be there and Just to be amongst all the other top athletes in the world in all of the other sports was surreal. Um, everybody that you read about like the crazy Canuck ski team and And the figure skaters, you know, everybody that you read about, you were sitting right next to at, uh, you know, in the cafeteria. So it was really fun.
0: Was it a bit surreal?
2: A little bit, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it just seems like it was yesterday.
0: Well, and I have to ask you, since the Lake Placid Games are known probably more than anything for the men's hockey team winning it, was there kind of a sense of that history while you were there?
2: Uh, A little bit. It was almost... um, you know, a sense of shock that the Canadian team wasn't in the finals. And um, because I don't think at the time the Americans had really been, you know, favoured. So we were very disappointed for the guys, (laughs) of course. Um, But yeah, I remember when, uh, you know, when the game was over and uh, Lake Plath was a very small ski town and, uh, you know, everybody was out on the streets and, And it was just kind of too bad for our guys.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because I I just watched Miracle, the movie that's based off of a couple weeks ago. And Canada is not mentioned once in that entire movie. It's all about the Americans and the Russians and and Finland in the final. I know. But uh, yeah, so I thought I'd ask. So uh, after your retirement from skating, you went into uh, coaching and you helped create the Westman Speed Skating Club. Why did you want to stick with speed skating after your competitive career was done?
2: I just felt like it was a great sport um you know for those who didn't don't fit into the hockey mold or you know prefer the individual sport uh over the team sport um it you know it was a great activity um, and you can do it you know as I say short track or long track, and um you know you're only racing against yourself so you can never be cut from the team. Um, and, uh, you know, your results are what you make of it. Um, you know, if you work hard and, and um, you know, it's just you against the clock. So there's nothing else interfering. There's no judges. You know, there's nobody else getting in your Well, a little bit in short shot. People can get in your way. But um, I just think it's a great activity. It also is for any age. In our club, we have ages. Three and a half, right up to adults who are learning to speed skate, or some of the parents put on skates and come out for the exercise. So it's just a great lifelong sport.
0: I know we did very well, Manitoba did at the recent Canada Winter Games in Red Deer in speed skating. What <laughs> is the, is there a growing enrollment in speed skating in Manitoba? Or are we kind of steady? What's that like?
2: I think we're just kind of steady, which is um, kind of amazing when you look at the number of, um, you know, international and world-class athletes that we are able to generate. Um, You know, we we don't have a huge population of skaters compared to provinces like Ontario, Quebec, and BC, but we have quality. So (laughs) what more do you need? That's
0: true. That's true. So when you found out that you were going into Speed Skating Canada's Hall of Fame, what was your reaction?
2: I was kind of shocked, actually. When I was called, I thought they were saying to, they were just saying that I was nom- one of the nominees. And then I, I thought maybe you just find out at the dinner, whether you won or not, but um, they, halfway through the conversation, I realized they were saying I actually am going into the hall of fame. So yeah, I was really honored. Um, I mean, I have been involved in coaching um, for over 30 years and of course with the sport for, well, almost 50. So um yeah, it was when I looked at the list of some of the people that are in the Hall of Fame. I was I was really honored.
0: And then, what was the I guess ceremony like?
2: Oh, it was great. It was a, a, a dinner where they have um, they have a numerous awards, um, all the way from officials of the year to um, skaters of the year for short track and long track. So there was a the whole gamut of the sport was represented between volunteers, officials, uh, clubs young skaters, older skaters. So it was um, great to see some familiar faces again and just to, um, you know, see everybody that's uh, involved in the sport.
0: Do you ever skate anymore?
2: Well, I try and keep up with some of the younger skaters. <laughs> I sort of joked with uh, Tyler Dara, who works for True Sport and uh, they build speed skates and hockey skates and I think they're getting into the figure skating by a joke saying that they may have to design a walker with blades for myself because I don't know when I'll ever quit coaching. But anyways, I do, I do try and skate a little bit with the kids. It's a little harder in short track because we have so many kids at different levels on the ice. So a lot of it is just managing your own little group, but um, in long track, I'm able to stretch it out a little bit.
0: And this is something I've asked speed skaters before here in Manitoba, but just the availability of long track ice is it's, it's not really easy to come by in Canada. So how how important is it the off ice training when it comes to speed skating?
2: Uh, well, usually at the end of the skating season, you take a month or a month and a half off, and then it's right back into dry training. Um, they do a lot of cycling, a lot of rollerblading, and um, a lot of you know weight training, um, strength training, and um, it's super important because you know we don't get back on the ice usually until September, and um, and then you know our long track season is very short. So they try and kids try and get to Calgary for camps here and there, um, but it's uh, yeah it's a steady year long um, slate of activities just to build strength and endurance and stay in shape.
0: Manitoba 55-plus games are wrapping up today in Swan River. The town has played host to the games the last three days, and here to talk about it is host committee chair Murray Mullen. Murray, curious, how many people participate in these games?
3: Uh, roughly around 310 people. Okay. And
0: what's kind of the the layout of the different sports and activities?
3: Well, there's something for, uh, for all ages. Um, there's slow pitch, uh, there's some track and field events. There's swimming, there's golf, um, uh, but then there's also like uh, sports like snooker, um, bridge, whist, crib, darts. And so the games are suited for, uh, for all ages of anybody that's over the age of 55.
0: So today's the third and final day. What has the kind of atmosphere been like? What has the vibe been like in Swan River the last few days?
3: Well, we've had three wonderful, wonderful days. Um, all of the athletes have, have told us that they've really enjoyed themselves. Um, the competition has been uh, very fierce, and uh, but we end up with, uh, we have um, uh, lots of good fellowship and good sportsmanship, and everybody has had a really, really good time.
0: Is this uh, something that happens every year? Is it every four years, every two years?
3: No, um, it's it's something that happens every year. Uh, we haven't had uh, the, um, the games in 27 years, so we were really, really excited to host it again. Uh, next year, uh, they announced at the banquet last night that Selkirk is going to be the, uh, the host committee, and next year will be in a national event, and so uh, any of the winners uh, that win next year will be uh, able to go to the, the Canadian 55-plus games.
0: So this is something that's been around for a long time and kind of bounces around the province then?
3: Uh, yeah, that's for sure. It's been uh, probably about thirty-five to forty years, I believe, that that these games have been uh, been in, in existence.
0: And why is it important that there is something like this available to people that are older?
3: Well, I think um, it's first of all, it's it's really really uh, good for for each of the the communities. But um, it makes uh, um, you know, as you get older, a lot of these people have played sports all their lives. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, they get to a certain age, and, and they might think that, that geez, maybe I, I'm too old to participate in sports. But these things give them, a, give them an idea that no, they're not. And, and you know, like we had a, an 80-year-old uh, gentleman who had double or triple bypass surgery just a few months ago, and he participated in the swimming events, and he was also in, in all of the track events. And so when you see somebody like that out there, uh, how can you not be inspirational and and cheer them on? We also had a 97-year-old crib player, uh, a lady that's 97 years old, and she was playing crib. So, you know, when you see all those kinds of stories, how could you not think about, wow, this is uh, something that's really, really good for for the 55-plus games and then for each of the communities that... uh, that gets lucky enough to uh, be able to, to host them economically. It's been very, very good for our community. Uh, You know, all of our hotel rooms have been, been full, uh, lots of restaurants. Um, We had a variety night on Tuesday night. We had 280 people there. And uh, for the banquet last night, we had 330 people. So, you know, it's generated a lot of, a lot of revenue for our community. Uh, But, but uh, we have uh, been thrilled to do it. And I think everybody that, that is going home, has really, really enjoyed their time in Swan River.
0: That's wonderful. Would you be able to say who, how old the oldest competitor was?
3: I believe it was the 97-year-old crib player. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Uh, what would your specialty yeah. be if you were participating in this?
3: Well, you know, to tell you the truth, um, when we first got the game, I started looking through all of the games, and, and I have to admit, uh, one of the games is called Pickleball, mm. and I had to Google Pickleball to see what it was. And because I had never seen it or never played it, and I've been down uh, two or three days watching it, and and these people are very, very good athletes, like they're amazing. And uh, and so my wife and I, uh, we've talked, and I think we're going to become pickle players. In fact, just before uh, I got on the air with you, uh, I played my first game of pickleball, and and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And and so, and I think that that's what it's all about, you know there's uh, lots of people that that um, maybe uh, go into two or three different events and uh, and they're just uh, it 's not just the competition but it 's the fellowship like a lot of these people have gone to several games they know each other it 's so nice to see when when uh, people run into each other you know they give them a big hug and and uh, shake their hands and talk to them and and so um, you know it's it 's just really really uh, uh, enthusiastic for our volunteers and that to see that uh, everybody's enjoying themselves.
0: Well, Murray, it sounds like you've had a blast this week. Congratulations on the success of the event, and I appreciate you taking time to talk to me tonight.
3: Well, thank you very, very much for uh, uh, calling us, and uh, yes, we've certainly uh, uh, put on a really good event. We've had um, uh, probably about 100 volunteers that have participated and helped this uh, with this event, and, and without them and our business community that stepped forward we wouldn't have been able to put on such a successful event. And I I think if you ask any of the competitors, they're going to say that they had a great time.
0: Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell. Or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?